Hello, everyone. Welcome to the sounds of the 80s. Sounds of the 90s. Took too long to get to that part. You don't know this song? Um, White this Zombie? Is Justin Bieber? White Zombie? Yeah. You had that great guitar thing at the beginning. Right? Uh, here we go. Okay. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Good fade out there. Um, welcome to LE2B, Last Exit of Brooklyn. I'm Tom McCaffrey. Eric B. How are you guys? Um, we yeah. have a guest coming on in a little bit. Um, but before she gets here, we uh, are going to talk about what's going on uh, in pop culture news and whatever. Uh, yeah, by the way, that that song, you don't know that song? I Well, it sounded familiar once it started getting into the song. But yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. They used to use that in like every action movie of the 90s. Yeah, that's it's not a, yeah. white zombie. Is that Rob Zombie or no? Yeah, it's Rob oh, it Zombie. It is, okay. Yeah. So he um now he's like a movie director or he was, I don't know. Yeah, he directs like horror movies and stuff. His movies are like really like freaky. I think they're the ones I remember yeah. are good, but I don't remember. I only saw are. two of them. Um one of them was iconic. You know, he's he's really into those like you know, uh violent like grindhouse movies, you yeah, know, like of the seventies. Uh, I saw one called The Devil's Rejects. Oh right, that's one of them, yeah. That was probably one of the best ones I'd, I'd heard. I remember I was dating a girl and we went to go see it. I, somehow she like agreed to see it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like not <laughs> a good date movie, but I That's mean, I've been good... dating her for a while. Oh, okay. She, but probably still not a good first date movie. Yeah, it wasn't get... our first date, but oh. um, she, I, I'd, I'd, I'd warned her what it was about, and then, but it got good reviews, and I think she, it was fine. She liked it. Did she like it? I think she thought it was okay. All right. It was like, you know, we were getting along at that point. So, you know, when you're, it's pretty early and you, you, you know, you kind of just put, you know, put up with whatever the person, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> and then later you're like, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, that, that happens at first. And then uh, I remember I was, it might have been the same girl, like later on, we saw another movie and I just, we got into a fight about. <laughs> <laughs> the plot or something just you know like when you're like when it's a relationship's not going well you just start getting into fights about like nothing you know <laughs> <laughs> pretty much every relationship well it was like i remember what what it was so you tell me right, so like she had read the book like a, she was like oh my god we have to see this movie this movie is based on a book she's like it's my favorite book i i love it i've read it so many times and then I was like, so is that how the book ends? And she was like, I don't remember. I, don't... <laughs> I go, you don't remember how the book ends? She's like, yeah, I don't remember. I'm like, you said it was your favorite book and you've read it like 20 times. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, I just don't remember. And I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And then, you know, it's just like a huge fight. Um, but isn't that's, that a little weird? That's very weird. Yeah, I would say so. But, you know. <laughs> Anyway, I want to actually just bring up something real fast because we had a famous death. The guy was 86, Charles Grodin. Uh, yeah, I mean, who, you know, it's just funny because I was, I don't know who I was talking about, but, you know, restaurant terms, you know, they're talking about a restaurant term, you know, when something's gone or they're out of it, they say, oh, 86 of that. Mm-hmm. And someone said it was because the average age of, and I, I said, oh, maybe it's because the average age of people dying is 86. So it's like, oh, 86, that. And then I saw, that was like four days ago, and then I saw he died at 86. Wow. Yeah, that's always. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm surprised I didn't read him read about him in Wikipedia the other day, because that's, usually I do that, and then like three, three days later, they die. I'm like, oh, that guy's still alive? And then three days later, they die. Yeah, yeah. So you want to hear a clip? Read, um you ever, you ever seen Midnight Run? Because people love that movie. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, I've seen that a lot of times. I mean, probably like five times. I worked at a movie theater, like in the Hamptons, the summer that came out. So I, I kept seeing like parts of it over and over. Not the whole. Th- I mean, and then I finally saw the whole thing. Um, it's one of those movies. It's like kind of a, become a cult classic. I'll play a clip. Right, real. It's De Niro and uh, Charles Grodin. It's very underrated. Oh, now they're just looking this at each other. Silent, it's a silent film, you guys. <laughs> Familiar with the word arteriosclerosis? Cholesterol? You 
one, I'll outline a complete balanced diet for you. Yeah, that was Charles Grodin laying into Robert De Niro for eating crappy. Yeah, and he, um, De Niro doesn't have a lot of lines in that scene. Um, <laughs> a lot of people are in it. Um, Yafet Koto, John Ashton. Um, yeah. Yafet Koto, has, I think he just died too. Yeah. Joe Pantoliano is in yeah. it. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good movie. It's like he uh, he's a bounty hunter, Robert De Niro, and he has to take Charles Grodin. He's bringing him back like across the country, I think, to like get money for yeah. him, like $100,000. He like stole from like a big mobster in Chicago or something. Is that what it is? Charles Grodin's right. character? It's more just like the, the interplay with those two. You know, De Niro, just like, he's like the neurotic, nebbishy guy, and De Niro's just De Niro because he always plays the same character basically yeah it's it's good martin brest directed it do you know that he directed beverly hills cop oh yeah 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 i'm just looking also groden uh, he was in rosemary's baby i forgot about that he was in catch 22 who was he in catch 22 i don't know that 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 movie has like a lot of actors in it yeah a lot of famous people so i I think everyone basically had a small role uh heartbreak kid he was in the original of that that was that was like his big that was one of his big ones yeah i know he was in like heaven can wait i don't know if you ever saw that movie i never saw it but i that's the warren Beatty one yeah that's the one that chris rock remade years later yeah that that looked awful um yeah. and then um what he was in uh oh beethoven those were kind of his yeah. later movie he was in all those beethoven movies that was when it was kind of over he had this like kind of comeback in the 90s where he had his own talk show and you know he's kind of a funny, dry guy, and but they. This is why I wanted. To, you ever Dana Carvey would do a funny impression of him. You want to hear it? Yeah, yeah. I think he's, I remember that. Yeah. Tree, and I think people forget that if you're a poor person, it doesn't mean you. You know, it doesn't mean you're a lazy person. And uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> basically, I think Charles Grodin would just stop and stare for a while. Yeah. And that These was are a lot of music. visual clips you're, you're playing. Yeah. No, I'm just <laughs> you yeah play, do you have any clips from uh, Charlie Chaplin's The Tramp? <laughs> well, I noticed when it was going on, I'm like, yeah, I should set him up. No, I know. It's hard yeah. to do. Yeah, it's a, so he um, do you also he was known for this. Like he always would go on Letterman and he would kind of like give Letterman a hard time. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah, because he was just had that personality where he was just like, whatever you said, he would just come back with some snarky look or comment you know and he, he would kind of sh- yeah yeah go ahead no he's funny though he would shit on letterman a lot and like mm-hmm. letterman would kind of take it It was kind of one of the only times i'd seen that where someone was crapping on letter like he <laughs> i guess it was kind of the first time i saw it i didn't understand it because I, I guess it was like a bit they did but yeah he would always kind of be like oh you're such a jerk like he he seemed serious you know um and I don't know, Letterman, I guess, thought it was funny or something. I don't know, maybe Letterman needed a break. Yeah, I think Letterman sometimes like people wouldn't fuck with him, you know? So I do know that uh, his his daughter is a comic, Charles Grodin. Oh, yeah. What, Marianne Grodin. Have you, do you know her? Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen her in a while. She she performs a lot, I think, still. She kind of is like a killer up there. Like, really? She, kill, she kills, yeah. Has she been a comic for a while? Yeah, a long time. But, you know, I just... What's her name? Marianne Groden. Yeah, maybe I've yeah. seen her. All right, so it's this a, is a good... Well, go ahead. No, it's just like... A, it's a kind of a different type of... I mean, she still has that kind of acerbic kind of humor from what I remember, but it's like more high octane, you know, as he was like low-key, low I think. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Yeah, he was he was also in a movie with Chevy Chase and Goldie Hawn. Seems like old times. That was all right. Yeah, um, that's what I remember him from. And then I don't. This is a weird thing to say, but like 
later on like his hair always kind of looked weird so like i think he was wearing like a weird toupee later on i think he was wearing like plugs or something i don't know yeah did you ever notice that his hair kind of looked weird yeah i know i mean the thing is is that in hollywood it only seems like five percent of the actors get bald but in real life 60 or 70 percent of men get bald so yeah they use stuff you know so and his was like i guess his was before they had really good like you know solutions because he just it looked not that good Um, and then yeah he he was one of those guys it was just kind of like uh like i feel like he was kind of before our time like right before us yeah i i think he was one of those guys who came very close to being like an a-list star you probably maybe could be considered that at one point but i think he was always like the second guy in every movie yeah, you know? when, like when we were when we were watching movies, like yeah. Baby, I mean, in Beethoven, I think he's a star, but I mean, I think second to Beethoven to Dog. No, he is Beethoven, actually. Yeah, they made like three of those. He probably like made a lot of money. So, yeah, it's like you know those you know later, I, I, Eugene Levy was in like every American Pie movie. Like yeah, he's where, had a, he's actually maintained a pretty good career. He's like huge. He came back with that with that, that show. show. Yeah, that show's huge. But he said his he son's made, huge. Yeah, but he said he made all his money on those movies, and they were funny because like the by the fifth American Pie, the son wasn't even in it. They had to just find ways for him to enter scenes. It was really funny. Like oh, he, I see. Like Jason Eugene Biggs Levy, wasn't in. Yeah. He's like, yeah, hey, how's it going? I'm like, didn't your kid graduates 10 years ago? <laughs> Why are you here? Yeah, he's like, oh, I need to tell you some more uh, advice about sex. And I was like, <laughs> he's like 40. Yeah. Um, yeah, his career is better than Jay's and all those kids in American Pie's careers. You yeah. know? They were supposed to be like the hot next you know, wave of stars, those American Pie kids. No, that. I just saw the Mina Suvari in some, something recently. She played a mom, and I, I didn't recognize her at first. Remember, she was in really? American Pie and American yeah, Beauty. Yeah, she was she American was, Beauty. And yeah, she had a yeah. She, her run. A lot of those guys, they were like kind of done fast. Yeah. Chris um, Klein kind of finished his career with that audition thing. I think everyone. I, I hear a rep of like everyone hating him. <laughs> I don't know if I ever told you this story, but I was at a show once, and um, it was this cool downtown show where like celebs were always there, and. Olivia Wilde was there oh, and wow. like she was doing this thing where she was reading like an interview that he had given with like some magazine and she was reading it and basically commenting on what a dick he was the whole time. Like, Oh, that's hilarious. And she's like a big director now too. Yeah. And it was like when she was, you know, she was pretty big at the time, but, it, and there were like a couple other celebs there and it was like, a bit she did. I guess she had in inter- It was basically he was talking about how like like how to treat women and all and like what a study was. And um you remember that audition though, right? Yeah, where he's like singing. I, th- I think it was some of that he auditioned for something and someone saved the tape and he's like just he just sounds like he's fucking out of his mind a little bit. He um I think it's just he's really bad. It's like and yeah. then he parodied it, uh parodied it on um on Funny or Die. Funny, I remember a, that, yeah. I think it's like Mamma Mia or something. Let me see if I can find it. Here. I think this might be. You want to play it? She is oh. an angel of all angels. I don't know if you guys saw American Dreams that her and I did together. Just a dream come true. You should hire her on the screen. All right, here it goes. All right, here we go. Uh, wasn't jealous before we met now every man that i see is a potential threat can i possess if it isn't nice you heard me saying that smoking was my only vice okay that's wait like a minute i got a really bad singer it, but was that the parody or the real no, thing that's not the parody oh my god Good that's Lord. the real thing <laughs> wow <laughs> So, yeah, I guess that really hurt him. Um, and, I, you know, I don't know. Like, if you if, if you piss everyone off, then they all get mad and they don't want you around, right? Yeah, you know, and he wasn't, like, I guess, so standout. He, was, he wasn't a standout talent as much that, that he could overcome that. He, he wasn't a Shia LaBeouf. Right, <laughs> which is, like, scary to say. But, like, um, I don't know. When you really break it down, like, why did those kids think that, like, they were going to have these long careers because they're in this. I mean, that movie was just like 
just about a guy fucking a pie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for some reason there was at a time where those movies were like heralded or something. You know what are I mean? You, are like, you, are you, are you clicking a pen? I am. Yeah. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> um, but, uh, Okay, so can we talk about this real quick? Yeah. We talked about it last week. Um, so the uh, your guest Tony is in the, your guest is in the room, but we'll let her in a minute. Yeah, can you just give us like a couple minutes? Yeah, like like a, yeah, like we'll we'll let her in. And um, uh, base his name was uh, Pang Dang is the yes. the Asian comedian. He's from Dallas, and I didn't realize this until because you told me this on the air, like while we were doing it. Um, so Tony Hinchcliffe like said that racist stuff about him, and. Uh, Pang, I was in Dallas for like, you know, about a year ago for like four months when the quarantine started. Yeah. And uh, I saw him a few times in Dallas. Oh, wow. I didn't know yeah, that. Some shows. Um, and he was like, um, I guess he's from China and he has a pretty thick accent, but he's he seemed to be like kind of like a presence on the scene there. I think he had been there a while, but people like right. seemed to really like him and he seemed kind of like. Did you because I watched some clips of him and I talked to a comic about it. Who who knew who knows Tony Hinchcliffe well, and you know, and he said that he thought maybe was this guy shitting on white people or shitting on whatever, but I, I didn't see that from that guy. It didn't seem like he was that type of a comic. I don't remember about- anything like that. I think he just I think he does jokes about being Chinese, and I guess he got mad at that. Maybe he thought it was hacky or something. But I mean, yeah. that's not like what. <laughs> Well, was he canceled? I guess he wasn't canceled. Everyone forgot. Tony Hinchcliffe. Yeah. No, I think they dropped him from like they canceled him about as much as you can cancel anyone now. Like the, like his agent dropped him and. Oh, his agent did drop him. Yeah, but this is a good segue because we're about to. Um, we have a guest. So do you want to let her in and then yes. I'll uh, introduce yeah. her? Um. Yeah, I got to look that up about him about him being canceled. Uh, I'll find that. Hmm. I'll look at that up in a minute. Um, yeah, there... we, we can we can talk about. I mean, it was this is a little bit. Hello. Yeah. Hi. So uh, I'm gonna intro- I'm gonna give you an intro real quick, um, and then we'll start talking. So we have a guest. Um, uh, I've known her. We went to college together, SMU. All right, back in oh. Dallas. Nice. And um, she uh, has a book out. Mm. It's called "The Situation: A Radical Journey Through Sisterhood." Um, and we're going to talk to her about it. And uh, she's been in a bunch of other stuff. Everyone, please give it up for Lila Glasso Francis. Oh. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> How are you? This is this is Eric, by the way. I don't think you guys hey. ever you, you haven't hey, met. Eric. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Um. So how are you? Uh, what's uh, what's I'm, going on? <laughs> I'm good. You know, I'm here in Ojai, California. Super hot out today. Super sunny. Just super, you know, live in the California dream time. Yeah, that's a um <laughs> that's a super rich area, right? Well, well, it's by Santa Barbara. So oh, yeah, okay. it's, it's not it's not cheap. <laughs> yeah, isn't that the slogan for Ojai? It's not cheap. <laughs> I thought um, everyone, according to Joe Rogan, everyone left California, the entire state. Is that not true? Uh, there's been a lot of people that left. And I would say the really weird thing is my town used to have like older people, but there's really rich 30 to 40 year olds that moved here. But I, I don't know where from. Um, no, I, I was making a joke about it because I don't think people are leaving California. I mean, they might have a little no. bit, but they'll come back. You, you can't even I, have a, I live in a town of 8000 people and you can't even drive downtown barely on the weekend. It's so busy. Really? Yeah, it's packed. We're packed with tourists already. And so, so we, me and Lila went to college together, um, which, so I was just in Dallas, like about a year ago f- for the quarantine. Have you been back? SMU is where we went. It's in Dallas, Texas. Have you been back since we graduated? Tom, I have not been back once. I'm a, I'm a horrible SMU alumni. <laughs> um, well, I'm a horrible SMU alumni and I've been back like a lot of times. Um, okay. Because <laughs> my sister lives right down the street from SMU, so oh, wow. I always go back there, and it's so it's super weird because it kind of looks the same. Um, did yeah, you? Know, we're going to, what? Go ahead. But we're going to your old college and seeing everything seems smaller, that kind of thing, right? It kind of did, but um, 
You know, it's funny. So the last time I was there, like a year ago, I actually was able to get into our dorm. Remember our dorm freshman? Oh, my God. Yeah. Bose Hall. Yeah. Bose Hall. I got in somehow and I got into my room. Isn't that crazy? Oh, my God. Campus security. (laughs) Like, What up? (laughs) That was one thing about it. It had very light campus security, which is weird because it was very like expensive, that school. Uh, And and it's gotten worse. I've heard like... um, because you remember this, there were a lot of like rich kids that went there, right? Right, right, yeah. You know who went there after us is um one of the Kardashians went there. Oh, stop. Wow. Really? Yeah, Chloe Kardashian oh. went there. Or no, no, Courtney Kardashian. Oh, not the good one, though. <laughs> Wait, is Kim who's, the good who's one? Who's the good one? They're they're all bad. I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, the smart one went. That actually probably doesn't say a lot for our school that one of the Kardashians went there. Well, you know, the desperate housewives. Oh, sorry, the the housewives of Dallas. I shouldn't call them the desperate housewives. Ooh, what's up, Freud? But um, they a bunch of them went to SMU, and some of them, when you look at their bios, say they went there in 2001. But I recognize them from class in the early 90s. So I'm just saying. Oh, wow. Oh, do you yeah, really? Breaking news. Breaking news. It's true. Um, and so when we were there, so we were like studying theater. And so and because uh, there's some people we went there with. They're like pretty successful now. Right. Lauren Graham. Right. Oh, uh, Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Yep. Did Lauren you know Graham her? She was there. She was a grad student when we were there. She was a grad student when we were there. Yeah, I was I was friends with Lauren. And um, didn't you like run into her or something? And you said she was like not that nice or something. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a story that it was I'm perfectly gonna... perfectly lovely, Tom? Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. She yeah. says, listen for... to this. Um, and <laughs> then it was, the, um, was the other Gilmore girl. She's 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 not nice. Yeah, she was, exactly. she was really shitty. Um, <laughs> and do you remember this? All right, I'm just going to go through, through, through this stuff real quick because it's all coming back to me. Do you remember oh, um, no. <laughs> uh, there was a rumor that Brendan Fraser was supposed to go to our school? Do you remember he, this? He was. And then he got, I think, Encino Man, right? Yeah, that's no, what no. happened. Wow. Was it Encino Man or school? It was School Ties, I think. No, school no, ties. I think it was great movie. No, it was before it was Encino Man because Encino this, Man. Okay. this is what happened. I heard that someone was like, this was the first rumor I heard. So Aaron Spelling went to our went to SMU. Did you know that? Yes. And he was a male cheerleader. Just an interesting fact. Yeah, he's from Highland Park, which is the, the neighborhood right there where my mom was from. So my mom was kind of like aware of him. And I think he was a cheerleader in high school. And um so there was a rumor that Tory Spelling, 902 had just, 90210 had just blown up and everyone was like, Tori Spelling's going to come to school here. And um, she didn't end up going to school there. And I was always like, oh, that sounds made up. And then a year later, people were like, Brendan Fraser was supposed to come here, but then yeah. he did. And Encino Man had just come out and they were like, but he got Encino Man. So he didn't come. I was like, that, that, there's no way that's real. And I think also Ethan Hawke was supposed to come there. Yeah. yeah. So would every famous 90 per, 90s person go to your school or almost go to your school? Basically, uh, basically. I think the the cast Did of Melrose Slater Place almost go to your school? What? Who? Did Christian Slater almost go to your school? No, if but he, um He didn't remember? go to college, I don't think. Yeah, oh, I think he dropped out in like 4th grade. Um <laughs> but Insync at one point was going to come as an entire band. <laughs> No, but this, so then, it, so this is the funny part of the end of the story is so then later, like I read an interview with Brendan Fraser and he said, oh, I was supposed to go to SMU. He, he, he name checked it, but then I got this movie and so I didn't do it. So like oh. urban, urban legend was true, right? Yeah, it was one of those. it was an urban legend. Yeah. Did you think it was an urban legend or did you believe it? I, you know what? I, I just thought it was, no, I thought it was a total lie. <laughs> no, it's totally real. It's, it's actually like a real thing. And then, um, so, an, and another, I always talk about that, that went there when we were there. You, you might've known it better than I did was Brian Baumgartner was there from oh, the yeah. office. I knew Brian really well. Cause I dated his roommate. Wow. Yeah. Who and, was his roommate? Uh, Michael Mayer. Oh, really? I remember yeah. that. Yeah. I went out with him for a little bit and Brian was his roommate. So I used to go hang out with those guys. Brian's hilarious. Brian and Brian lives in LA. 
Did you ever like, cause you were in LA for a while, right? I was in LA. He kind of, he went to Minneapolis with a bunch of people and then relocated to LA kind of as I was leaving, but I know he still stays in touch with all the SMU people that are still in LA, which is, it's really only like an hour away, but I just don't go down there much. Yeah. You know, and he's killing it on a cameo. Have you heard about that? No. Brian, you're talking about Brian Baumgart? Yeah. So, you know, you know, cameo where he, people pay for celebrities for messages. He yes. makes the most money out of everybody. Wow. Um, yeah, I heard I, that. Yeah. Like, because people love the office. And I think they like, he, he might do it in his voice from the office. You know, I think it's, but I heard he, he made like over a million dollars doing that. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that's like, um, that that's like a thing. Cause I mean, I, he, he was really funny and he was like a good actor, but mm. I wasn't like, oh, one day that guy's just going to say his name for millions of dollars. He was actually like a really good serious actor, which is so funny because now he's just like sort of in that genre of comedy, right? All right. Yeah, he was like a good serious actor and he was like, um, he was good. He was like a very, I remember people would always be like, oh man, he's so great. And I was like, he's all right. i think i was just like i was totally like just hating on him i mean like i thought he was good but it was like one of those things it's like i heard he's good but do i have to talk about it all the time you know what i mean (laughs) so um so lila so you went to you went to la right after college i did i went um well i went home for two months in minnesota where i'm from and then sort of got my stuff together and i moved out with my college roommate Lori klein now, Lori Tweedley, who's married to a comic, by the way. Right, right. What's his um, name? Sean Tweedley. Do you know him, Eric? Uh, LA guy. No, he's I, a, he's a, yeah, he's um originally from Canada, and he was really he, he tours with Harlan Williams a lot. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's yeah, probably pretty... yeah big. I just some of those LA guys, I just don't know, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We he's like, a, and you know, in LA, he's actually considered a Toronto guy because he's buddies with like Pat Bullard and that crowd. Right, that's, right. That's okay. sort of the Toronto comics that moved to LA, hang out together. Yeah, um, that makes that, sense. That actually happens in New York too. A lot of the Canadian comics hang out together. So cool. when you went there to LA, because I remember like when we were all graduating, we were all like kind of wanted to get into, into the business. What was that like? Because it was very. Did you move out there? I know you went out there with Lori, but were there a lot of people that were out there when you were there? Um, they, you know, some people came later, like the class after us, um, who have all done great, especially like they're all huge writers now, you know, David Schulner and Aaron Ginsburg. And yeah, they're um, all like these huge, and a guy huge, in our class, David Slack, and, is like a huge right, writer. And, uh, and Allison Moore, huge writer. Oh, wow. Um, and then Kari Payton, actor, um, he he came out later than I was there. It was a really weird time when I first came to L.A. because I was there like during the Harvey Weinstein years. Right. So. Oh. Would, yeah. So and I actually worked for a producer at Miramax next door to Harvey's office. Carrie so, Woods. Carrie um, Woods. Yeah. Do you, have any, do you have any good story about him? Because this would really help our uh... For, Har- for, this. for Harvey Harvey Weinstein, I, yeah. <laughs> I have one. I have one Harvey story. I do. I actually oh, do. Really? Okay. It, you know, it's not a huge one. Um, I think that you know, I was really lucky because I think like Carrie, my boss, basically said like, "Don't mess with any of my girls in the office or whatever." And I was like his personal assistant in between audit- auditions. So one time, my boss made Beautiful Girls, the movie, and uh, they had they premiered it at St. Patrick's Day, and they had a big reception at Tom Bergen's bar, which is like an Irish pub in LA that's pretty famous. And I was standing in line for a drink behind Chaz Palminteri, who I who I love, like yeah, he's you great. know, plays every Italian like bad guy, right? But he's so, he was so cute. And he's really tall and his, I'm short. I'm like five, three. So his butt was like here <laughs> in the bar and Harvey Weinstein came up behind me to get a drink. And he actually pushed into me like, and I could feel um, his, you know, mm-hmm. special salute uh, on the, really? back, wow. the back of my buttocks. He was not a tall man. And uh, he pushed me. So like, I, it honestly, like I think the visual, I wish someone had gotten a picture my face is in Chaz Palminteri's ass yeah. and Harvey Weinstein's trying to poke me from behind just to get a drink. So oh, that's yeah. how tough it was um, to get a drink in those years in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> that's about, that sounds about right from the stories I've heard. <laughs> yeah. They, all yeah. those Weinstein stories end up with some girl's face in Chaz Palminteri's yeah. ass. <laughs> 
I'm going to say it right exactly. now. So that's the only interaction I had. I'm going to say it right now. I, I feel like Harvey Weinstein is kind of a creepy dude. I don't know what people, where, where you guys stand on that, but I'm going to say it. So I'm still on the fence. Uh, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait to hear uh, how the public comes out on that one. Um, yeah, I don't. Wow. That's really a new thought. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I don't like to take sides too quickly yeah. before I hear all the I'm anti Harvey Weinstein. I'll say it. I don't care. I want to hear yeah. both sides of the stories. <laughs> Yeah, um, but no, there um, were, you know, it was a it was a crazy time because that kind of stuff was just rampant. Did that happen? Know? Did so, that happen a lot, especially because you were like young and just new out there and there was a lot? Oh, of my like... God. So I was one. I wrote a script that I actually sold to um, Nickelodeon. But before I sold it to Nickelodeon, uh, I pitched it at Fox and I got to like the top guy and I was so excited and I gave him my pitch. And his only reaction was. So do you always dress like this? Wow. Oh. Wow. And, <laughs> and it was um, like, really? You what know, were you, I, what were you wearing? I was, Just I was wearing a, like a, a James shirt? first V-neck t-shirt. Like, you right. know, it wasn't, I wasn't dressed like I'm ready for Vegas. <laughs> right. But, you know? right. Were you like, yeah, no, I always wear pants. <laughs> I think I did say something like that. I was like, yeah, I, I always wear like shirts. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, yeah. but you ended up selling it to, the, to that guy or to them or someone no, else? No, I sold it to a different studio. I sold it to Nickelodeon, uh, got paid for it to be in development for three years, I was able to buy the option back. And then I sold it to Oxygen, got paid for that to be in development and it never got produced. <laughs> yeah, that sounds, yeah, that, that sounds like, you know. Hey, you can, uh, you can, you can make a lot of money with stuff and just being in development. So at that point you could. And you, so I, I do remember the reason I remember you worked for Carrie Woods was because I like soon after worked at his production company for like a little while. Um, oh, at Independent Pictures. Yeah, was that before you worked at him when he with uh, for him when he was at Miramax, right? Right. Yeah. And wasn't there a thing where I I remember like someone from our school? I don't know if this is true or not. Like like he was he had gotten you like some like a, you were going to be in one of his movies at one point or am i wrong on that <laughs> okay i must be I have no memory wrong. of that okay <laughs> um i just thought someone had told me that cuz you worked for you worked for him for years right i did i mean i had i mean i was lucky to be in stuff but i don't i was in a movie with Tisha Campbell um oh yeah and um, when I was working for him, but I don't think he got, maybe he got, was it, was it, was he producing it or was it? No. Oh, okay. No. What was he, did you, I mean, you interacted with him a lot. Was he cool to you or was he kind of, he was, was uh, he was cool. I mean, he was a character, but he was, he was a cool guy. He, um, he, I used to go to movie premieres with him and yeah. I, like, I got to see scream sitting next to Skeet Ulrich. And I was like, ah, so scary and skeet Ulrich was like um you're sitting next to me like yeah. i'm not scary i'm like right here yeah stop but, screaming it's screaming. yeah so well, they were they would have been johnny depp me. though that you were sitting next to didn't they look <laughs> exactly alike they do they look exactly yeah. like yeah. but it, it was skeet and and you know that was the cool thing like jared leto used to hang out at his house michael rapaport um, yeah, Michael Rapport used to come in when I worked at the office. I didn't really interact mm -hmm. with Carrie Woods much, but one like the couple times I did, he was very not friendly to me. Um, <laughs> not that he should have been, but it's just I just remember he's specifically. Just, he's doing comedy right now in New York City. He's jumping around. No, no, clubs. I'm talking about not not Michael Rapport, Carrie yeah. Woods. I was like, Carrie Woods oh. is doing comedy. Jeez, no way. Uh, I heard Michael Rapport's pretty good. I think it's I, that's amazing. I loved his tirade about getting people to wear a mask. Did yeah. you ever see it? Yeah, he's like kind of good at those those rants. That's kind of his thing. Yeah, and those, he Trump, start, those Trump things were great. He kept kept calling him pig dick the whole time. That, that was that well, was so he, funny. Someone like him thrived. You know, he started out in stand up um, before he like hit it big. I remember when I lived in L.A. in like 2000, 2001, um, I knew these. Actually, my friend, you know him too, my friend Chell Bjorgen, who is a comedian. The, his managers managed Michael Rapport when he was a stand-up oh, so he started getting successful and like got out of stand-up which and it's really funny I, like with stand-up um like people always go back to it when everything else like falls apart you know what i mean like uh right eric isn't that kind of like the theme where like when when everyone's career falls apart they go back to stand-up or they start doing stand-up so yeah i mean some people do stand-up get famous and then their career doesn't 
pan out, but they'll always have stand up to fall back on. There are some people who never were in stand up and then they try it and they have a harder time with it. But it's weird too, because it's almost like, um, like porn actors go into it when their porn <laughs> careers end. Really? Yeah. So it's kind of like porn actors are like, well, porn didn't work out. So like now what? Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of like oh, it's lower than than porn. Um, but it never works out that well. Like, what was her name a few years ago? They were she was selling out comedy clubs. Stormy Daniels. Yeah, Stormy Daniels was. Yeah, there. everyone was interested in her because of the Trump connection. And I mean, yeah, I I heard stories about. I mean, she she never did comedy. She's doing an hour on stage. I mean, did you did, did you ever do stand up, Lila? Like, I think actually I went to it. Yeah, and I, I think I was there I, one I, time. And, and you did. I have it. to. I have to say, I was pretty good. I was pretty good. I have to nice. say, All right. You know, um, I mean, I think I had a unique uh, twist for LA. I told stories about my, you know, did no you um, Scandinavian parents? So, so let's fast forward a little because, yeah. Um, so your book that came out uh, last year, right? Yeah. It's called the situation. The situation: A radical journey through sisterhood. I wrote it. It's I'm promoting it this month because it's Brain Cancer Awareness Month, and it's the story about my sister who um, I believe lived in New York City and got brain cancer from 9/11 from the aftermath cleanup. And did, did she was did she live right near Ground Zero? Well, her gallery was in Chelsea, so uh, really close. And she actually was on the um, stairmaster at the gym on the Chelsea pier watching people fall out of the building. And she said she thought they were filming a movie. Like she didn't realize realize what was going on. And, you know, your mind just is desensitized from movies. So you think like, Oh, that's going on. So they said there was a huge rise in immunity cancers after nine 11 and almost like clockwork, like 13 years for first responders. And then like 11, no 11 years for first responders, 13 years later for people who lived or had businesses around the area. And that was because of the toxicity in the air mm-hmm. for the whole year. And yeah. so I, I really believe that's how she got ill. Um, but the book isn't like totally depressing. I want to say it's like a flashback to our sisterhood for 45 years. Um, growing. Was she younger or older? She was my big sister. She was older, but just slightly older. So we were super close in age. I mean, we, I probably talked to her nine times a day. So it, you know, it changed mm. the trajectory of my life. But um, when did when did she die? She died five years ago. Wow. Or, yeah. And she um, uh, I raise her son now. Uh, oh, that's sweet. Wow. And it's nice for me that he has a book of like funny memories between Carolyn and I growing up. So it's a great book to give uh, people that want to explore like deep relationship or like your sister, send it to your sister um, the coolest thing about it has been the feedback that I get from people I don't know who are like, oh, my God, I read it and it helped me get through the fact that my mother died of cancer and no one talked about it because you didn't do that in that day and age. And mm-hmm. reading your sister's story made me feel like I had closure, like cool stuff like that. So was that um, when did you write it? I, it took me about three years to write it. Um, so what was that? I mean, how was that? That must have been hard. <laughs> it was. <laughs> writing books wrote- seems so hard. I, you know, I kind of made a timeline and then I just, I just started writing. And then I actually hired a really great editor named Jenny Davis, who basically took the first book I wrote and she rearranged all the chapters and then gave me notes on like, this is missing. This is missing. You know, make, so that was like, you know, I didn't realize I didn't fully describe my brother-in-law because I'm writing about someone I know. So it was great to have outside eyes read it. Right. Right. And And that was your... I'm sorry. That was, my, that was my editor. And then I shopped it around and I met my publisher, uh, who's an independent publisher, the Unapologetic Voice House. And she loved it. And I, I sort of loved her vision. Um, and I love that actually I just I was really seduced by the name of the publishing house, the Unapologetic mm-hmm. Voice House, because I was like, this book is an unapologetic explanation mm-hmm. of sisterhood. So, right. Yeah. And is that your do you, you have other siblings, right? I have five foster brothers and sisters from Vietnam. Jeez. <laughs> I actually, um, yeah, I went to your, you and Dines' wedding and um, I was sitting next to one of them. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember that specifically. <laughs> probably, um, probably Kwong, I'm guessing. I would have sat you next to Kwong. 
I don't remember. I remember um, I got, <laughs> I don't want to say, so like after the, um, you know, you know, before the reception, which was after the ceremony, is that what they call it? I, you know, the vows yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah. I, uh, um. <laughs> I uh, g- like got high with someone who was like, hey, just someone just had a joint. Mm. And I was like, oh, all right. And then um, <laughs> like, I love how I'm making it. Like I was like forced into it. Like, oh, all right. But, <laughs> but it was like random. Get with them at your wedding. Yeah. I mean, but it wasn't like I bought weed. I brought weed with me. But and um, well, you did buy I, some though. Yeah, and so um, um, were you selling weed at my wedding? I mean, let's be yeah, honest. Kind of sounds like it. That's basically the story. Yeah. Um, I actually did a weed heist uh, during your wedding. <laughs> no, so I got kind of high, and I remember I sat at the table, and I was next to him, and I remember I, I it was one of those times where you felt you you uh, realize you're too high, you know, and it's oh, like bad. Man. Oh, and I remember yes. I overheard someone asking for someone to pass the bread at the table. This is like a total high story. And like, they didn't <laughs> hear them. And I was so high. All I could focus on was them asking for the bread, the person not hearing them. And I just started dying laughing at the table because I was high. And like, I was, it didn't make any sense what I was laughing at. And it was one of those things where I was like, what, what what's so funny? Like, cause not, there was nothing funny going on. So you know, I am so glad that you made your own personal fun at my wedding. I'm just really, <laughs> <laughs> really I, that, that's awesome. <laughs> well, it was just, I mean, it, it was, it was a funny thing because I had to come up with, um, because I was laughing a lot and no, nothing was going on. And everyone was like, what, what's going on? And then I had to, I was like, you yeah, know, just this guy told me this joke. And then they were like, well, what's the joke? And then I had to like, come up with something uh, on the spot. But anyway, that's a totally different. That's a good tangent I went on. Um, Were you like, why did a chicken cross the road? You had to think one fast. (laughs) I think I just uh, left the table and, you know, cried or something. And Um, now in all the, now it makes sense because in all the stories about, you know, that stone guy at your wedding, that's you. Right, right. You've just, you've outed yourself. I will say though, that it wasn't my idea. Someone, it was like a a friend of yours that I'd met a couple of times. You you had this friend, I think she was the casting director. She was kind of like a tough, like girl. I don't know if that's a good description. I'm pretty sure. Um, Yeah. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, it <laughs> might have. Might have been who? Yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm making that up. I think you know, it was. The, the sad thing is when you when it, you got married so long ago, like I did, I don't I don't even really remember everyone who was there. <laughs> I know. I was gonna say it was like 20 years ago. So yeah, we just had our 20th. Mm-hmm. Crazy. That is crazy. Um, so I read it. So I was reading in the description, uh, like John Stewart, when he was talking to nine 11 commission was like one of the inspirations to you to when you started writing it. Yeah, because I really wanted, you know, when my sister got diagnosed with glioblastoma brain cancer, nothing had been written about it longer than like an article. And a lot of people hadn't written about that. This was a major thing going on with New Yorkers, people that were there. And I just thought it's really important for me to share my story of what I think happened. So there is a chapter just on that day in New York City because I was in New York that day with her. We were at when, a, when John Stewart was. No, I was in New York when 9-11 hit the Twin Towers. In you fact, were here? I was there. I was visiting. I had I had to go to a wedding in Newport, Rhode Island. So we flew in. I uh, went to the wedding and then came and stayed with my sister for a couple of days and then got trapped in New York for a week. Cause I had just moved back here like mm-hmm. about a, a month earlier from, uh, from a edge driven across country. Wow. And your sister probably told you this and you probably remember Eric, like, um, I mean, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it too. You did. Mm-hmm. Um, midtown. I was midtown. I, it smelled for like nine months. You know, that's, and I honestly, that's what I tell people about that experience. That's weird. Is I remember, remember how like everyone was panicking about food. So like my sister would get calls from friends, like, Hey, there's this Mexican restaurant two blocks from you that has like tons of food. So we were like, okay, let's go grab dinner. Let's like, let's go get food. So first of all, Dines took a picture of like 60th and Columbus, like completely empty, like no traffic. It's like the coolest picture. Yeah. But I remember it was garbage night. And that night. And so everyone had pulled their garbage out to the curb. And I remember walking by it and thinking, and this is so gross, 
this smells so good. Like the garbage smelled sweet compared to the right. air. And that's yeah. how bad the air smelled that we were all breathing. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and they told us, I think they told everyone, oh, it's safe. You can come back in and city stunk of death. Like it was like, there's rumors. It literally that that was smelled like, like, it was like burning. Right. Yeah. And not even for like for months. Like it was I think just it smelled like when you're, when your science partner burned his bangs in the Bunsen burner, you know, yeah. <laughs> like high school. So it's like human mixed with, iron like with steel oh yeah it was and luckily i wasn't that close to it but i could i definitely and then you were probably gone by this point but then for like a while there were just like um people put up posters of people that they were like looking for that was so insane um it's real. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I haven't really thought about it in a while, but you know, like when it was happening, it was such a crazy, um, well, well, I mean, for me last year, like in April or May that time, right. When Corona hit and everyone left the city and I was in the city, it had a very similar vibe to nine 11, like the weeks after. Because like no one was here, right? No one was here. Everyone was just kind of walking around in a daze. It was, everything was kind of scary. You were like, you kept thinking in both instances, like, is this it? This is my, this could be it for New York. Could be, you know? Yeah. There was a lot of that after nine 11, right? Yeah. That, that was we, another thing. It was like, no one's going to want to live here anymore. And well, then, not only uh, that, but I remember after that, like people thought we were going to get hit again. And there were like alarms going off a lot, fire alarms. And anytime a fire alarm went off, everyone was freaking out because they, they figured we were getting hit again or something like that. Right. Right. Yeah. So it was, uh, Good times. <laughs> New York's a tough. Yeah, yeah. Good times. Um, yeah, New York's a rough city. You you never lived here, right? But you come here a lot, right? I didn't live there, but I'll tell you, my daughter. I have a seventeen-year-old daughter who's applying to colleges now, and she is applying to Barnard and Columbia. And wow, because really? she really wants to be in New York City, she loves New York City. I think you know the grass is always greener on the other side. I grew up in Minneapolis, which is a big city, and I love living in my tiny town now. But really? she grew up in a tiny town, so she's mm. like, "Bring on New York City!" Yeah, yeah. It's um, we grew up here, and it was uh, I think I was talking to you about this before that um, people are like, do you, people ask me if I like New York City a lot, and I'm always like, "Yeah, it's all right." <laughs> and then um, people are like, "Well, you know, what about like you should move here?" And I'm like, "Yeah, but I've moved places, and what it is is like I move places." And I'm like, oh, cool. I'm out of New York City. But then I'm like, oh, this place really sucks. So it's basically <laughs> like There's nothing to do. Well, I think I said to someone once, they were like, so you don't like New York City. You don't like anywhere else. I was like, I think I just don't like Earth. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just not liking Earth. That seems to be the problem. You should get on I Jeff Bezos's uh, rocket ship. I, I guarantee you I would get. Where is it going to Mars? I think so. I'd guarantee you I'd get there and I'd be like, yeah, New York's better than this. <laughs> than Mars. <laughs> like, I'd be like, well, I mean, I'd, I think what is like it ruined everywhere else. Like New York is really annoying to me, but like I like it better than other places. Do you know what I mean? Like um, I really did you like L.A. when you were living there? Like because you were there for a long time. I was in L.A. for 17 years. And, I, you know, I want to say that I did like a love hate with it. Like parts of it fascinated me like, like the plastic surgery thing I had never seen anything like that in my life like right coming from Minnesota there you know there is a whole new level of plastic surgery to just people watch for right, out there right. and it was also super strange that I mean I guess it must be like DC like I'm sure in DC everyone talks about politics in LA everyone talks about movies everybody you know, any date that I had was with a guy who worked somehow in the movies or TV. It was like nothing else existed in the world but entertainment. So it was that was weird. That's what I didn't like about it. There was no getting away from it. So and the, and the, now I think I think like the gallery scenes gotten bigger there. I think there's more culture. You know, they built Disney Hall um, there. You know, there's more. I think there's a little more culture maybe going on, but I don't know. I was, you know, when basically I had my daughter, I was like. I don't want to live here. Yeah. I I think, I think it'd be um, a rough place to like as a kid. Just a fast one. Like my friends that grew up there were like, Oh yeah, we were trying Coke at 11. What? (laughs) What? Yeah. That's um, you were friends with Drew Barrymore. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You're friends with Lindsay Lohan, huh? Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I totally. um, besties. So I was kind of the um, stereotypical New Yorker there, where because people are always like, uh, people are like, oh, you're not gonna like it, you're because you're you're a New Yorker, and I was like, whatever, I don't, you know, New York's kind of annoying. And then I kind of liked it for about a year, maybe a year and a half, and then I got really tired of it. Um, it's kind of, I think what it, what it is is like it's. It seems like whenever I'm there, it seems like no one wants me there. You know what I mean? Like, no one's like happy that you're there because you're kind of like, oh, yeah, here I am. I'm doing like comedy. And no one's like, wow, really? That's so great. They're just like, yeah, great. Another fucking. <laughs> um, and you can't really pr like pretend you're just kind of like, like I kind of like act aloof a lot. And it's hard to like be there pursuing showbiz and act aloof about it. Like, yeah, I don't really care what happens. And they're like, well, why did you move? <laughs> to where they do tv and movies i was like i don't know because i don't really care about anything um, they're like why are you living out of your car then oh i don't yeah exactly like, and there's feel a, like it and there, there's a yeah i don't feel like getting an apartment but like there's also a lot of that you can just kind of like feel the broken dreams yeah the desperation right like can't you just yeah. i i feel like i've said this to someone like the last time i was there like um I think there's like a dark energy there. Would you agree with that? Like there's just something when I'm there, I pick up on like a darkness somehow. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's, just, but like, I thought I was crazy, but then I watched, there's a David Lynch movie called Mulholland Falls. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> and yes. that movie is all kind of about like the dark energy of Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Cause have you seen it or. I think I saw part of it. Like, but I don't remember it. I think Dines watched it and I watched it. You should watch. It's very um, <laughs> like Naomi Watts moves there as like a fresh faced, like young actress. And she's like, uh, really, she has a lot of like, like spunk and she's very um, like innocent. And then it just kind of shows how her downfall kind of, but also the, sucks her in <laughs> kind of like how the kind and not even like, Oh, everyone's horrible, but like, more that there's like an oh there's like an energy that's kind of like hovering over it that kind yeah. of is making is I think that's I think that's true though. I, I have to say, yeah, I think it is. I think that um, you know, if it weren't for the great weather too, you'd notice it more. Mm. But it'll be like that dark energy's there, but it's you know, 82 and sunny with no humidity. <laughs> right. And it, it what's weird about it is that it does it, it seems like a really chill laid back place because everyone's kind of like it's kind of like a pot culture and everyone is kind of like like beach it's like a lot of people that go to the beach and stuff and it seems chill but then it's not really but i i guess it depends it's a small We're, town it's like the 10th yeah. biggest city in the world that's a small town yeah like you'll if run everyone, into the same people and stuff it's, well i think it's kind of like new york they don't call it boroughs but there are definitely different boroughs that people exist in in la you know yeah and didn't you lived in like west hollywood or something I, I lived in west hollywood yeah it was fantastic when i lived there i think it's gotten more shishi now it was a little more real you know it was a, a lot of armenian families russian families um, the LGBTQ community, of course. And it was, it was cool. It was like, you know, it was really diversified. I think now when I drive through there, cause I always show Fliss the house she was, you know, lived in when she was born and she, um, it's like people built McMansions to fill up the entire property. lot. <laughs> like mm -hmm. No one has a, has a yard anymore. It's like a giant air conditioner. That's what the houses <laughs> look like. And, and you're just like, Oh my God, it's so crowded now. And there's just all yeah. this off. LA has awful architecture because it went through phases. So it looks kind of like, and it was never like zoned. So it's like, you'll have like a house that looks like it would be in Cuba next to one that looks like it should be in, you know, Nottingham <laughs> forest. Right. It's, in, it's insane. It's not, yeah. you know, not a pretty city. Yeah. So it's, um, so I don't know. Yeah. It's one of those things that, um, whenever I was out there and I'd meet people, like I would meet some people and they'd be like, yeah, I love it here. I love it. And I would, that was always kind of a red flag. Like I was like, yeah. really? All right. I don't know if me and you were going to like hit it off. <laughs> You're like, no, you don't. <laughs> but how do you not like LA? Because you sound like you're from LA. That's I don't always know. talk it, about. I, that's what I mean. Like, you I think feel Tom like I sounds like he's from New York. Uh, because, oh, he's got that that Tom drawl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he does kind of sound like a California surfer. I think you have a point there. 
But that's why I always, and I had this before I even went to LA. And I think I always had a thing growing up of like, oh, I'm going to, because people would be like, you sound like you're from California. You'd love it there. And then um, I got there and I, and I, at first I did, I think LA is like a good young place. Like when you're there young and you're like, I'm going to like follow my dreams and I'm here. You know what I mean? You're kind of open. Before you're jaded, before you hit that age of being jaded. Like (laughs) you should be in LA before you're jaded. Definitely. Right. Cause it's like an adventure and like you're meeting a lot of other people in your twenties. And then I moved back there again when I was like 37 for like five months. And um, I just was like, like, no. Yeah. I was like, no, this isn't for me. And then um, it was funny because I had been doing comedy in New York for a while and I, I didn't tell anyone I was, I was just going to go to LA for a little bit. And um, somehow it got out in the comedy scene that I was moving to LA and everyone was like, Hey man, you're going to, you're going to LA. Congratulations. And I was like, well, I don't know what, what does that mean? I'm not <laughs> like nothing. <laughs> they all thought you got a pilot. Come on. Yeah. You got your own show. Move over Ray Romano. It's Tom McCaffrey. So like what happened was, <laughs> I didn't stay there long. And then I came back and it was a lot of like, oh man, oh. I'm sorry, man. What happened? And I was like, what? I just like left for a little while. And I, I, this was like 2011 and I still run into people and they're like, Hey man, when did you move back from LA? And I'm like, 10 years ago, nine years ago. <laughs> <Decade> ago? <laughs> I, I want to say Tom that I saw you do stand up a couple times and, and you're funny, man. We, oh, thanks. We, I, we, I had so much fun watching you. And yeah, you also, guys came to the improv once, right? You and Dines. I want to say, yeah, we went there and I don't remember I, the improv. Yes. Once. And we went to another place. once. I think I near got, you guys, I forgot what it was called. Like, uh, luna park or something or something or, like that oh yeah luna park because people did comedy at luna park you know who yeah. used to do comedy at at luna park was uh uh zach galifianakis like before he mm. was known yeah yeah he was um <laughs> when i was there he was kind of like just about to uh, kind of about to hit he was sort of coming up at that time um yeah he's but I, this, this is another thing i was gonna bring up i i, I was gonna bring up earlier so how much do you remember? You probably remember a lot of like us in like school together, right? Sure. You don't so, remember. So you don't remember it. Is it just were you stoned no, no, there I too, do. Tom? Like my wedding? <laughs> were you just stoned the whole time? <laughs> no, I really, I really didn't even smoke weed in college. Um, I think wow. I smoked weed like three times. But uh, yeah, what happened was right class? before, were right you, before I went in the this? first day, someone was smoking weed. I took a hit and I was high for four years. <laughs> <laughs> Were you in the same class? We were class? in the same class. Yes. And SMU has, you know, a very elite small theater program. So there are only 10 men and six women. So we all knew each other really well. Oh. And do you remember we were, we like did it some scenes together. Do you remember this? This is the part. We, you you and I, oh, oh my God. We did Streetcar Named Desire. I know. We do you, did you just remember that now? <gasps> I just did. <laughs> um, yeah. You played, so- you played Stanley Kowalski? <laughs> yeah. Are you shitting yes. me? Yes. Yeah, I played Stanley and Della, you were Blanche. Or- Della. I was I was Blanche Dubois. You were Stanley, and you you had like the full like white tank top oh. on that Stanley Stanley Kowalski look. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, it was and- so um, weird. <laughs> oh my god. I um. What am I remembering that I remember you doing something where you were teach? It was like I think some sort of improv thing we did, and you were teaching people how to dance, and you, you had these oh, dances man. that you were like, "It's the ja- it's the jacket." Yeah, it's yeah. So we did this. Jacket. Um, <laughs> we did this. Like, is there a video of this? I need. No, oh so God, not. it would be so good if there was. Yeah, I could blackmail him. With I'll this. do it later. Um, <laughs> He had a whole, he had, he had named them all different things. And it was like, if you couldn't dance, it's okay. Cause you can do like the open your jacket, open your jacket. Right. Oh so I God. did like, um, it was supposed to be funny. It was like kind of, comedic. it was comedic. <laughs> it was funny. It was hilarious. That's I remember, why I'm like, remembering it, was, it 30 years later. Come on. No, it's funny. Cause I remember doing it and like, I thought it was so dumb. And then afterwards people were like, that was amazing. And I was like, really? And I don't know if you were, so you, I don't know if you were in my class, but do you remember you had James DePaul, right? As a TA? No, I was in, I, you did. I was in Dales. Okay. Or were you in Dales? Not we so, in sophomore DePaul's. year, sophomore year. Yeah. So, yeah. so James DePaul was this professor and acting teacher. And like, <clears throat> I thought we all had him one semester. And then I think later we split up because there was like, it was like two camps. There were like, what? there was a lot of people that liked him. And then there was half of the class didn't like that. Him. We're like, I am not going to be taught by him. 
Yes. Yeah. Like very stern, like, no, I won't be in this class. And I like, he was, I think he like, he really liked me. He thought I was funny. And so, I mean, you know, that's kind of all you need with me is like, just to like, <laughs> kind of, I'm like Trump basically. Yeah. Uh, Saying nice things. So, <laughs> wow. like, but so what happened was in our, you didn't have this happen. Like, so he, one day he was like, Hey, everyone next week, I want the assignment is everyone has to do a stand up act in class. Did you have him do that or not? I didn't. I, I luckily got out of doing that. Yeah. So that was this your was, class. So sophomore year. And I had, I was always like funny and I thought about doing stand up. I mean, kind of. And so we all had to do stand up. And that was the very first time I ever did stand up was because of that class. And then, Aww. and I was pretty funny. And he was like, wow, you're like good at that. You should like, you should like do that. Well, oh, that's um, so heartwarming, Tom. Like you're, I know, first, isn't that, you're a isn't, comedy virgin, and he 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 discovered it in you. <laughs> well, it's funny because I. Well, saw you could look him. at it the other way. He he probably caused you a lot of pain and heartache. That's kind time. of that's kind <laughs> of what I think of it now a little bit. Um, you could have been just a regular normal person. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, it probably would have happened at some point, yeah. but um. So I remember I ran, I, well, he messaged me like two, two and a half years ago. And uh, I met with him for lunch and I was like, you know, the way you were like, oh, it's kind of like a cool moment. I was like, oh, I was telling him about it because I had had some success at one point. I was like, you know, it was funny because like the first time I did stand up was like in your class. And um, I thought he'd be like really into it. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Like he wasn't as into it as I thought he would be. And um, you thought it was going to be this groundbreaking like story that he'd go on to tell people for years about how- how he inspired his student. Well, I remember being like, well, no, you don't understand. It was almost, I was like, no, you don't understand. Like, I'm like really funny. Like people think I'm really funny now. And like, <laughs> like I did things and like good. What? <laughs> Cause real, that's a running, that's a really funny people tell everyone, you know, like, Hey, I did I'm things. really funny. Yeah. But I think I was like, you're not getting it. Like I actually ended up doing stand up, and, um, it was, it kind of, it was one of those things like, I was like, oh, one day I'll see him again and it'll be like this. And you know, you have those moments you're like, well, if I see them again, this is what it will be like. And then it's not like that at all. And you're like, oh, so he was your acting teacher. Yes. Yeah. His and name is James DePaul. Yeah. He, uh, wow. and I liked him. Who a do you think is a better acting teacher, James DePaul or James DeFranco? <laughs> um, I, I hear James Franco is like a very, um, hands-on instructor. <laughs> Doesn't he harass everyone or something? Is that what's going on? We were talking about that. You, do you know that story about James Franco? Yes. He's mm-hmm. like, he's being shamed by, by women, right? Yeah. And he's an act, he, he does it as an acting teacher a lot, doesn't he? Is that the story? He would like, yeah. I think he would, um, well, we were talking about this last week. It's like, why, why is James Franco teaching acting classes? And then it kind of seemed like, oh, well, it's because he's like these 17 year old girls are taking a class and it's his way of meeting 17 year old girls um but i think i think it's kind of lazy but wouldn't you just if you were like a movie star would would you really need to like i should be giving acting classes (laughs) you should hey you just came up with your new dating plan tom i know exactly (laughs) you guys just uh, no tinder for you yeah exactly uh there's a a 17 year old there's a 17 year old cutoff so uh, I think they have there, to be 18. I'm just going to warn you, Tom. They got to be 18. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I'll up you haven't learned anything from Crystalia. You should learn that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Lila, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate uh, you. Yeah, thank you for with having us. me. With the book, though, um, so it's out. Are you thinking? It's out. You talk- it's you can get it at Amazon. You can Barnes and Noble, Target, Bookshop. If you like to s- support small booksellers, um, it's uh, looks like this for you oh. two who can see oh, it. Oh, wow. There you go. The situation. The situation, a radical journey through sisterhood. And um, and yeah, and proceeds go to an art foundation I helped found in her name that brings uh, education about art to schools. Uh, so uh, we appreciate every book you purchase. And um, your sister's name was Carolyn? Carolyn Glasso. Yes. That's great. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I hope you had fun. It was, uh, you know, pretty. Thank you for having me on it. I'll, I will, I'm going to be in New York, uh, this summer looking at Columbia with, with Fliss. So we got to hook up and have, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, watch cool. watch well, him do comedy. I know. Well, okay. I got to get the tour dates then. You got to, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm according to Tom. He's very funny. According to Tom. 
I know. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll see if that's true. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. I, um, no, no. I uh, sometimes I I have these like moments of um, of saying I'm really funny to people, and like I was saying that to uh, uh, my girlfriend, and uh, I was like, you know, I'm really funny. You know, like she does think I'm funny. And then I was like, you know, I'm really, really funny. And then um, like about a week later, we were like playing some of my YouTube videos and her parents were there and she was like, oh yeah, show them this. And like um, the videos like are very juvenile humor, you know, like. Um, Shocking. What? Like, <laughs> like just, I know, I know. So um, as I was watching it with them, I was like, yeah, maybe I'm not that funny. <laughs> like it was, it was kind of a realization, like, well, maybe once you show it to other people, maybe it's not that funny. You kind of, I feel like a lot of my humor is like, you have to know me for like five months. <laughs> you know, Tom, you might want to look into a cruise ship. Like someone can cruise with you for a week and then you do comedy. <laughs> I don't think you that's know? long enough. And they get, maybe they cruise around the world. You know, they get to know you for a few months, then you start performing. Yeah. I don't think that that's how people do the hiring do it, though. <laughs> I don't think they're like, yeah, well, well you know, we'll just kind of like we'll travel around for a while for so they, they can get to know you. <laughs> you got to live together for a year. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Maybe I'll just have 500 people move in with me. For, but actually living with me isn't that funny. Um, well, thank you guys for having me. It's yeah, been a thank blast. you so much. Yeah, Lila, great Lasso, job. Francis, okay. thank you very much. Yeah, great job. And uh, by the book. Uh, <laughs> Buy the book and uh, please rate and review this podcast and subscribe and uh, donate on Patreon to us and give us money. And uh, <laughs> we'll see you next time. LE2B. Thank you.